Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 204 of Dude and the Monkey. I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Just going to say, it's episode 240. You literally dropped out just as you were saying 40 there for a second. Yeah, <laughs> 240. My name's Ian Laurie. Good, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, people. Uh, what do we have this week? We have a. We don't have the post. We're going to do that next week. Mm-hmm. Um, the family commitments slash illnesses caused us to, um, to not be able to do the post. But we have got the commuter, which does feel like a bit of a dude and a monkey movie. Actually, does, to be honest, to, I, it's a more appropriate dude and a monkey. I think it is a nice, a, a nice aperitif to what will probably take up the bulk of the show. Yes, yes, it, it, it is as well. Uh, and what I I will say about it before we watch it, bringing my views on it during when we watched it, because I have some things to say about that movie. Um, mm. Is it, it feels like a good this time of January movie? Yep. Like 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 the the studio have watched it and have gone. Do you know what? Do you know when this would be fucking perfect? What the weekend before the Oscars come out, just before the last final push. You've had all of the the build up films and then the last final push of films if we just fucking throw out this Liam Neeson on a train film yeah uh, yeah so we have that um, we also have um, so what we've been watching I've got quite a bit um, so it's been a couple of weeks since we've done that mm-hmm. um, we've also got a few trailers I think there's not been that many but there's a few out there uh, and we're also going to do our top five anticipated movies am I right in saying that yet yeah. uh, oh fuck I did the Geostorm ones, a complete... Fuck! Adding the Geostorm ones as well, uh, anticipated we might wait till next week. Oh, fuck. We're going to have a busy show anyway. Sorry, yeah. we'll put a pin in it. Fuck. Yeah, but that's not a problem. Uh, yeah, I'm in the top five Geostorm as well. Um, and also, we're going to chat uh, some Oscar chat, uh, which could, you know... It, it usually takes up a little bit more time than we expect it to, but it, it's still good chat. Uh, I would assume at some point we will have closer to the actual awards ceremony where we'll get um, Brad on, who's our Oscars correspondent, uh, and go through some sort of bits with him sort of closer to the time. Mm-hmm. But uh, as they come out today, we will sort of have a look at them. Um, well, just try to get into it now, actually. Yeah, fuck it. Strike while the iron's hot, innit? Yeah, fuck it. Um, did you get to watch any of the uh, nominees being announced? No, no. I was in work, just what, like re- yeah. uh, flicking through the Guardian live blog. I, I did a little bit. It was kind of amusing. They had Andy Serkis and Tiffany Haddish um, doing it. <laughs> really? That's an interesting combo. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it, it kind of, on one level, it was kind of, it was quite nice and quite amusing. On, on another level, it, I was sat there going, oh, okay, right. She's like laughing because she can't say most of these people's names. Because she's could, could literally, she. Could just could not read people's names off the auto queue, and he's getting names wrong, forgetting names, getting halfway through a name, and just giving up. And you can see Andy Circus is kind of stood there going, "I thought this would be a little bit more professional than this, but I'm actually oh. having a little bit of fun." Okay, um, but he he kind of like literally, you can just look at him and go, "That guy is such a fucking pro," and she's just like constantly laughing and readjusting her trousers every two seconds and I'm kind of watching it going it's kind of sweet and adorable if she wasn't getting paid to be getting these people's fucking names right <laughs> well I yeah I mean I thought it was kind of a bit of a spoiler as well having a like because I saw um, 
Yeah, no, I, I think I saw some mention of Haddish like do, like presenting. And I didn't know Circus, but that is an interesting combo. But it just like, because there was a little bit, a little bit of buzz about her maybe sneaking Best Supporting Actress, which mm. I would not begrudge. I know you haven't seen Girls Trip. She fucking walks away with that film. Um, That's it. I, I, I'm sure as, as a performer, she's very charismatic. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a real kind of weird bit of between enjoying what she was doing and then kind of going... But <laughs> yeah, yeah, she keeps getting people's names wrong. <laughs> hmm. Well, they probably just won't have her back on it again. But then again, I'd be fine with having her back on it again because she was entertaining. But I don't need to see her pull her trousers up fifteen times. That's every, pretty funny during the what is it? But circus every time he went to circus didn't get what didn't fluff one name. <laughs> I bet no, I bet he fucking was practicing the names he thought he was going to have to read. Mind. Yeah, but the, the adorable thing about it, about it was is every time she sort of started doing something like that, he just bounced off like that. Great. So it was it was actually it was it was just a really strange, relaxed thing for the Oscars. Oh, good for him. Fair play. Yeah. Um, so should we go? Should we go through them? Um, let's start with best picture. Um, so we've got best picture. Um, Coming by Your Name, Darkest Hour, Dunker, Get Out, Ladybird, Phantom Thread, The Post, The Shape of Water, and Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, is there anything on there that you think is not glaring a mission, but you're looking at it going, huh, I thought that would have got in, or I would have liked that to have gone in? Uh, well, I mean, the, the thing is, right, I've only seen four of the nine so far. So, you know, it's 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 hard to say. Yeah. Um, you know, call me by your name, Dunkirk, get out, free billboards. You know, I've got some sh- good shit to come, you know, so... Um, yeah, that, that, that's it. It's, it, it's, a, it's a strange one. There's nothing on there that I... That, that I, I mean, hostiles I'd have had on there, but I think it, it just... It didn't get there in time. It, it just... Yeah, I mean, in, in the end of the day, that fucker didn't have a distributor until, like late September. It just, it was never in the conversation. Like, I know there was a little bit of scuttlebutt about maybe like having that pushback to next year's season, which I, I don't know. Then it's kind of in a bit of a never world of being, yeah, just just kind of being too old. So, I mean, yes, I would have had hostiles in there. I mean, shit, dude. I mean, like, fuck, I would have had a ghost story in there. You know what I mean? So it, it, but, but, this list seems respect respectable enough. I mean, Darkest Hour felt mm. like it was kind of weak. I'm kind of surprised that got in. Um, I, 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 haven't, I haven't seen Darkest Hour, and I, I might watch it. I might not. I, I just I don't feel like celebrating Churchill. It no, would be what I, I would say. That, and, and I'll swell. It is a little bit like. <sighs> in the climate that we're in at the moment, and I'm not saying that people should. I like to highlight that. In the climate we're in at the moment, how long before people start pointing fingers at Gary Oldman and going, oh, I didn't know that about him? No, that, that shit's going to ramp up. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that shit is that, that, going to ramp up. That's not me saying, saying that, 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 they, that they should. It's just, personally, I think Gary Oldman has been phoning in a career for the past 15, 20 years. I think before that, he was fantastic. And delivered some fantastic performances. Maybe 15, 20 years is wrong. But the past 10 years, he's literally just been 
paycheck in Gary Oldman movies. I mean, I mean, anyone, any, anyone who's betting, I would say, don't fucking put any money down on anything until the ballot has closed, mm. because this is the most fluid Oscar season I think we've ever had while doing Dude and a Monkey. Um, Absolutely, yeah. There's very few. It, 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 well, but the weird thing is, there in Best Picture, there of those nine films, I don't think there's one that is absolutely nailed on. I think the my, I think the favourite out of them for me is probably not my personal favourite, but the one that I think probably will win is Three Billboards. The thing is, it's really, really, it's been really, really split. I think because it's a preferential ballot. Mm, so, so the th- post could win it th- yeah, maybe I mean the fact that the post has only got two nominations says to me that that is a film that is me- is not universally loved it just depends on how many people put it at number one now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or, or it could be loads of people put it at number fucking four yeah yeah <laughs> I mean that that's it now The Shape of Water has felt strong I am mm. very fucking excited I'm seeing that on Tuesday there's an un- fucking Cineworld Unlimited, man. That shit is good shit. The prices go up every year, but it's good shit. Like, um, Shape of Water, a week and a half before it comes out, yeah, why the fuck not? Mm. So, I, like, that's the thing. So I don't have an opinion on Shape of Water yet, but that fucker has been ta- taking a lot of prizes. It's got the most nominations, but it's- I'm... Um, really the, strange with, with with that that it literally it, it literally trailers and bus started arriving for it it was like what the fuck there's a new del toro movie coming out this year and then all of a sudden it's got the most oscar nominations that that's but it's because it comes out in the uk february 9th mm. so it literally like it just the marketing hasn't really made itself known yet I, you'll probably start seeing TV ads for it tomorrow saying 13 Oscar nominations. You know, yeah, so. I've already started seeing sort of TV spots for it. That, there you go. So um, that that's it. So the, it's interesting because like Free Billboards has been winning a lot of stuff as well. The I wonder if the makeup of the Academy is a little bit like, right, fine, Get Out is nominated for Best Picture, get back in your box a little bit. Um... And I personally think it's going to be, at this moment in time, it's going to be a fight between Shape of Water and Free Billboards. Yeah. Even though, and I, I'm at this moment in time again, I think Free Billboards is getting picture. I think Del Toro is getting director. All right, well, let's come on to director because that leads us quite nicely on to director. Um, so, so we've got Christopher Nolan. Should I go on to? Yeah, so, no, go on, you do this, you do this. Uh, so we've got Chris Nolan for Dunkirk, uh, Jordan Peele for Get Out, uh, Greta Gerwig for Lady Bird, Paul Thomas Anderson for The Phantom Thread, and Guillaume Del Toro for Shape of Water. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've, I've not seen three of those, so... <laughs> it's fucking, yeah, exactly. Like, we are, I, we are really flying blind, and it's basically mm. because we're not watching fucking screeners. Mm, it is yeah yeah uh, i mean but the thing is i have seen a lot of people saying it's the it's the strongest um set of best directors that that they've seen in in, in years and i'm looking at it a little bit and going is it 
Well, come on. I, is, is it the thing is the, the, my is it is a little bit like all right, fine, right? Gil del Toro, fantastic director. Paul Sanderson, fantastic director. Uh, in there for a film that is getting no buzz at all. It's really quite strange how kind of sedate the everything is around the Phantom Three. It's kind of it kind of exists rather than is coming out and is out. That's fair. Um, and Nolan finally gets his his nod. Greta Gerwig, and by the way, I haven't seen Lady Bird, so I can't comment on how good it is or anything like that. But it's her first slash first and a half film. <laughs> is it because she had another one, but then it it doesn't count for some reason? I, I, like that. I mean, it, yes. In the end of the day, there are certain agendas that have set up certain nominations in this year. That mm. that they're just there are. It is what it is. But yeah. And then Jordan Peele. Now, the thing is, we need to get out of the way and we keep saying it. I liked Get Out, but it's a better written film and a better performed film than it is directed film. I was very, very surprised. I mean, Jordan Peele got a nomination. I mean, fair play. Good on him. I'm done with being neggy on Get Out. You know what? Fuck it. That film cost fuck all. It's talking about some interesting shit. And yes, I don't think it's one of the best films of the year, but it's kind of awesome Awesome that a Blumhouse low-budget thing is getting this amount of awards attention. Fuck it. I feel really sorry for Jordan Peele's next film. I feel very, very, very sorry for Jordan Peele's next film. And I feel... I You know, I... I really, really hope the fucking Twitter verse doesn't go against Jordan Peele at any point because shit, that will be vicious. Mm. But do you know what? Fuck it. Jordan Peele, he seems like a good dude. It, I, his heart is wholly in the right place. And God well, that's knows, it. he wasn't making an Oscar film. He no. never, ever, 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 ever in a million years thought it would have the traction it did. That's and the, the thing, thing is, the thing is, fair play to him is it's probably the the best director on that is probably going to be between Christopher Nolan and Gael Del Toro. It, it's probably between those two for winning best director on that. I think that. you're right. I think you're right. Um, so would I prefer Jordan Peele to have got a nomination and be in with a chance of winning it for making it out or for Spielberg to get another nomination for the post? Bear in mind, I haven't seen the post yet. Um, but still just be there for for their sake, like, let's say, Streep is for Actress. Yeah, I'd, I'd much prefer Jordan Peele to be there. And d- d- there's nobody else that kind of jumps out and goes, well, he should be on the list for me. So it's a little bit like, do you know what? It, it would seem strange if he got nominated for writing, picture, an, act- an acting nom, and then didn't get nominated for, for director. Yeah, that's true. I, 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 I wonder how close that fifth spot was because you know martin mcdonough i mean through billboards is a writing and performing piece mm, that's but, why he didn't get nominated yeah pretty much yeah like call me by your name i'm kind of surprised by to be honest you've seen that now haven't you i haven't seen it yet no oh, fuck. But I, I, okay i do think that, that what's happened over recent years is best director has gone from being part of the picture actor kind of screenplay echelon i think it's gone more into back into being part of the technical yeah ones yeah no it's for shifted sure. back to there which is why i think nolan could win it this year 
it's. I mean, the 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 thing is, okay. I haven't seen Phantom Thread, but if PTA won an Oscar, fantastic. Mm. I haven't seen The Shape of Water. If Guillermo del Toro wins an Oscar, fantastic. I haven't seen Lady Bird. If Greta Gerwig wins an Oscar, fuck people mm. who bet on that are going to make some money. I like. I. I. And you, you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm sure. I'm sure. Lady Bird's a good. It is a good film, and if it means that a woman wins a Best Directing Oscar, that's great. Fuck it, that's great. Dunkirk, Christopher Nolan finally winning an Oscar. It's pretty fucking deserved. Get Out, Jordan Peele wins an Oscar. It would be probably one of the biggest shocks in Oscar history. And you know, is it deserved for the film? No. Would I? Would I feel mad about it? No. I. That's it. That's it. I. I, I don't think if anybody. I don't think anybody on that list, if the if it was read out on the night, Jordan Peele won would feel negative against that. I bet Jordan Peele would be leading the fucking applause if any of those other ones actually won. Yeah. And I think Del Toro I, I bet, I bet would he, as well. He's, he's literally just, just going, this is a bit fucking weird, this. I am not... I'm, I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if Jordan Peele sat there going, I'm not sure I deserve this, but fuck it, I will fucking take it, because yeah, yeah, this no, is great. No, exa- exactly. You know, and I mean, like, no, fucking... I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but I would say that he would be the first person to go... My first fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, quite. I mean, I do feel for Nolan because it was like the Golden Globes when, like, he was basically saying like one more award and then we can drink or something. You know, like, we're mm. gonna, we just need to lose one more award and then we can drink. You know, and I feel really, really bad for Nolan. But I, but I, I genuinely think he's one of those that just doesn't give a shit. Well, I, I don't know. I wonder. It's like because the thing is, if he doesn't win for Dunkirk. What the fuck does Christopher Nolan win for? Well, it's going to end up becoming. It's going to end up becoming the. Uh, what's in it? He, 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 he's already he's already become the, the new Scorsese for it. Yeah. Um, but I I I don't think he's he's that bothered. What you you know? Think about it. His his directing hero is Michael Mann, mm. who has never won an Oscar. Well, he's got his Ferrari biopic coming up. I'm looking forward to that. Mm. But yeah, so, yeah, you know, he's it, that. That's it. He, he's he's not. I, I, I don't don't know. I think he'd like to win one, but I don't think he's that bothered. Whereas somebody like, for instance, I think I think Tarantino. Tarantino's got two Academy Awards, hasn't he? And I I think he he does sit there and think, I really would like to get one for director there. Mm. And the, the thing is. I think Del Toro takes it, and I think that the room will be really fucking happy with for him. Oh yeah, absolutely, it would be. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't be. I haven't seen them all yet, but yeah, it, it's it's. I'm, I'm looking forward to. I, I'm, I'm interested in watching them. We'll say so. Move on to uh, actress, mm. not actor, because you know we're diverse here. Uh, Sally Hawkins, Shape of Water, Francis McDormand, Bill, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, Margot Robbie, I Tonya, Saoirse Ronan, Ladybird, and Meryl Streep, The Post. Right. If The Post got more nominations, I'd say Streep. The fact it only got two, I think McDormand takes it. I think it's between McDormand, but my outside bet on it. Ronan. Nope. Oh. Hawkins. Mm. that's my outside bet I think there's an outside bet on Sally Hawkins she's cropped up with a couple of nominations in recent years and she's a very actor's actor it's and McDormand's already got one I I actually 
I think it might be McDormand versus Ronan because Ronan's won a couple of things. And mm. actress, they like to give it to the young hot one, Emma Stone, Brie Larson, just in yeah. the last couple of years. But then again, it could throw Margot Robbie into that. But then Itania's been nominated for not a lot else. Yeah, Itania's got like fuck all apart from that. So that, yeah, I mean, like I think she'd be happy with the nom. It's, yeah, I d- it's going to be interesting because the, the, I, I don't know, man. I mean, like Saoirse Ronan, she's already been nominated twice, I think, before this. Yeah. Because there's Atonement and what the fuck else? Um, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. So that's the thing, man. Like, she's already a three-time Oscar nominee and she's like fucking early 20s. Yeah. Yeah, 24, 25. Yeah, shit, man. I mean, that's fucking doing shit right. And the thing is, if McDormand lost it to Ronan, I bet she'd be fine with it. Like, And the thing is as well, McDormand does not do the circuit. She doesn't turn no. up to the fucking parties. Saoirse Ronan is doing the Brie Larson Emma Stone thing of doing that stuff. And mm. it's not disingenuous. She's putting the work in. McDormand prob- like, likes winning awards. I'm sure she does. She obviously does, just from like acceptance speeches and turning up and stuff like that. But I think if Ronan won it, she'd be like, yeah, cool, that's fine, whatever. Yeah. Quite literally, yeah, I've got one. You know, Streep would be exactly the same. But Hawkins apparently doesn't do the circuit either. I, you know, I think she's just glad to be there. She's she, she Hawkins is very much a British character actor. Yeah, and and good on her. And and Roby, she's got that fucking. She's got the nomination. I'm sure she'll press the flesh. Is, is, and is this her but, second or third? Uh, why? What she get for before? I'm sure she'd have one before. She didn't get one for Wolf of Wall Street, surely. Fair fucking play if she did. She's great in it, but... Uh, no, that is her first, yeah. Mm. Uh, so... She'll get, she'll get her fucking t- time, though. She, she'll, she'll get an Oscar at some point in her career, yeah. yeah. It's the same as, as, as Saoirse Ronan, well. Um, best actor. Uh, Timothy Chalamet <laughs> for Calling By Your Name. Daniel Day-Lewis for Phantom Thread. Daniel Kaluuya for Get Out. That's mental. Good on him. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya, by the way, was one of the names that, uh, what's her name, Tiffany Addish couldn't pronounce. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, it was quite amusing. And then literally Andy Serkis told her how to pronounce it like three times and she just kept trying and then kept getting it wrong. Um, Gary Oldman um, for wearing some makeup and a fat suit. Um, and Denzel Washington for a film that might not even exist. Um, literally, no, I mean, it's it's the latest film by Tony Gilroy and nobody seems to like it. And do you know what? Do you know what? They could have read out a name of any fucking film. Denzel Washington in this week's Washing Up. Denzel Washington in The Commuter 2. Yeah. Keep commuting. No, and quite. people would have just gone, gone, oh. I might want to go and see that. Denzel Washington in Roman J. Israel Esquire. The fuck's that? Literally. It, why? That one doesn't make sense. And I, I haven't seen it, so he might be great in it. But from what I understand from a lot of people who've seen it, everyone everyone who's seen it's kind of gone, what? He's shitting it. It I mean, is. Denzel Washington, but he's a bit shitting it. I mean, it is really interesting that James Franco didn't get in there. Like, that is Fucking fascinating! Like it, like it. it it's... Do, 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 you know, do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what I think on that? 
Mm. I just don't think he deserves it. No, but I mean, the thing is, right? I mean, don't know. Watch it. Might not deserve it. He. I mean, the thing. I don't know. He won the Golden Globe. He won the Screen Actors Guild one. I think it was. And that shit. That the sexual harassment stuff really started kicking off the weekend after the ballot for nominations closed. Mm. It's. You know, so, 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 do you reckon literally that it got it, that everyone just crossed out James Franco and just went? Um, no, sorry, it was the weekend after the nominations oh. closed. Like, they'd already closed. So, it, it's like, sorry, I'm just sticking my MacBook on charge, two ticks. Um, it, it, I don't know. It is just like, right, people just weren't into disaster artists. I mean, it, it got a Best Adapted Screenplay nomination, which it won't win because of Call Me By Your Name. Um, which, by the way, is... I think might be the only nomination that call me by your name actually wins even though mm. saying that i think chalamet might put up a fight for, for what actor i think he i think he is the most competition oldman's got yeah well I, for my for, for, for my own personal fucking views, and this is nothing against Gary Oldman, nothing against what I was referencing earlier, but I, I, I any of them but fucking that fucking film. I'm going to see Darkest Hour. I'm going to see all the best picture noms. I'm going to do the it. The thing is, I, I, I'm going to have to see it because I want to see all the best picture noms. But, I, but two, a couple of things. One, taking away the whole fucking Churchill issues that I have. Uh, taking away all of that, uh, which I'm amazed in a year where all this has gone on when you've taken what went on last year that people are actually celebrating a fucking movie about Winston Churchill baffles mm-hmm. me um, so I, I will watch um, Brexit the movie probably for the sake of this but I don't think it looks very good I do Beyond, not give a fuck about that film no it, it, I, I think the the effects where you've got the, 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 the bombs dropping and stuff like that looks a little bit a little bit kind of what is it what I'm thinking you know that the school's pictures you used to watch where it used to do recreations of things it looks a little bit like that it looks a little bit like an infomercial at a war museum yeah yeah I, I, it's... it looks it looks it looks shit it looks like it's basically going to be Gary Oldman doing sound bits uh, and then trying to give me inspirational speeches where I'm just sat there going. I'll, I'll, I'll be spending the two hours thing just thinking, well, at least my car's getting charged for free. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see, I'm really interested to find thread for the few things. One, I love Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, um, he's your fucking boy. Yeah, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Danny Dillow, it's almost become a little bit like the Meryl Streep thing in the sense of it's kind of like, well, what's he had out? But then again, with Danny Dillow, he's normally ridiculously fucking good in everything he does. And also, if this, and he's another one like Soderbergh who keeps retiring after he makes a movie and then coming back. But if this is the last film we get of Daniel Day-Lewis, it will be pretty fucking interesting what's he got he's got three so far has he got uh lincoln my left foot and there will be blood yeah yeah so yeah three oscar wins um you it know is my it, left foot, isn't it? not in the yeah my left foot, yeah 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 
It was nominated for The Name of the Father and for Gangs of New York. Yeah, okay. Um, so, yeah, that'll be interesting. But um, I, I'm looking forward to sort of watching all them. But it does feel a little bit... I don't know, that, 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 that category this year looks a little bit like... There's not one where you go, well, that's the fucking standout. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, moving on, best supporting actress. Um, we're just going to do the big ones out. We're not going to do all like, the fucking technical ones and shit like that, are we? No, 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 no. I feel like we've talked quite a bit about it already, I think. Yeah. Uh, Mary J. Blige from Mudbound. Um, mm. I'm going to come up with Mudbound in a second. Mm. Alison Janney for I, Tonya. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leslie Manville for Phantom Thread. Uh, mm. Laurie Metcalf for Ladybird. And Octavia Spencer for Shape of Water. She's barely um, fucking in Mudbound. She's barely in it. I don't get it. I don't get it. So, right, let me get this straight. <laughs> let me get this straight, right, with Mudbound, right? Because it's been nominated for a couple, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, right. So, so, right, Netflix films are bad because they're not released in cinemas and they are ruining it. Uh, 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 wait. <laughs> Unless they get nominated for an Oscar for best cinematographer, and it's the first female, which is an amazing fucking stat. Um, mm. it, unless they get nominated for best, theme, best, best cinematographer, and it's the first female ever. And then we're allowed to like them because, you know, well done, Netflix. But, but you fucking dare release any more Adam Sandler movies and you can fuck off with your bright. But if it's a movie we like, then it's brilliant. Feels a little bit like that. I'm puzzled by Mudbound because the cinematography nom I 100% agree with, even though it would be nice if they put this fucking film that they want to be Oscar, Oscar, Oscar in fucking 4K. Why the fuck is this film only in HD on Netflix? It's what, was weird. It, was it was it a Netflix funded original? No, no or was it, it? it wasn't, which will be what it was. It was picked up. However, yeah. if they want to showcase it, so, like Oscars, Oscars, Oscars. Look at the cinematography. Put it in the best possible fucking format you can put it in. I'm guessing it'll have been shot 4K. You would think. I, I'm assuming, even if it's not upscale, that shit. God knows they do that with UHD Blu-rays. Yeah, it just. I'm puzzled by that. Now the thing is, right? Have it's you shot my, digital. I, it's shot digital, and it's not shot HD digital. It yeah it I, the question would be what di did they master to a two k or a four k it might well have been a two k if it was Netflix however they could still up convert the fucking thing and the bit rate would still be higher anyway Mary J Blige is barely in that film I actually don't really remember her in it honestly now as I said on the show it took me about a week to get through Mudbound. Mm. I am stunned by the fact it got a screenplay nomination. I am stunned. The Love Triangle shit alone should preclude it from being nominated for a screenplay category at all. The race stuff is great. It is fantastic. And I would say that fucking Jason uh, Jason Mitchell, and I'm trying to think, Garrett Garrett Hedlund, they are great in that film they're brilliant but the love triangle shit which takes up a large point of the part of the well over two hour runtime, is fucking bollocks and actually adds nothing to the film and it's not the stuff that people are talking about and yet mm-hmm. it takes up a large portion of it people have got blinders on with mudbound and 
I am glad Dee Rees didn't get nominated for Best Director. And it's not because she's a woman and it's not because she's black. Believe me. That mm, film, I believe you. <laughs> when, yeah, whether it was directed by a man or a woman, does not deserve a Best Director nomination. The pace is fucked. And it just, it, they've got, they seem to focus what their intentions actually are in the last half hour. Like, it just mudbound. It's a good film. It's a good film. The it's Mary not Black a, thing. It's not a, like, four Oscar nominations film. It's not. The, the Mary J. Blige thing is a bit of a moot point anyway, because I'd say Miss Spencer's going to win. <laughs> well, no. I reckon. It's Johnny versus Metcalf. Do you reckon? Yep. I reckon I, I, I just think Octavia Spencer's going to win that one. Janny. I'm going Janny. Yeah, Jan, Janny, Janny. Yeah, I can see Janny. Um, it, it just, just, the, just to say, my I mean, it's great. It is fantastic that people of colour are getting recognised in these nominations. You know, it, it, it is brilliant. Do not mm. get me wrong. I just... It, it's... It's... An, it's it's just it's the zeitgeist of the year that has gotten Mary J. Blige a nomination. It is. It, it's yeah. I I, it I, 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 I can't really dis- you can't really disagree with that. Does no, it? I mean, like seriously, dude, watch Mudbound. Tell me what you think. Like it just it's she's bare. I swear to God, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she's in it more than I think she is. In my mind's eye, she's barely in that fucking film. Best supporting actor. Yeah, uh, Willem Dafoe, uh, the Florida Project. Oh fuck! I got that one in. The one nomination, Florida Project. That was my fucking win of the day. Uh, Woody Harrelson, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, Richard Jenkins, the Shape of Water. Christopher Plummer for all the money in the world. Yes. And Sam Rockwell for three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, what I will say there is I will reiterate what I said in our WhatsApp chat. If Christopher Plummer wins for all the money in the world, I think he should send Kevin Spacey up to collect it. <laughs> because it would be the biggest middle finger to fucking Hollywood it, it of just, all time. Well, I mean, like, there's no chance in hell Christopher Plummer's winning it. I mean, like, yeah. if, if he hadn't won for beginners a few years back... I maybe fancy his chances a bit more. Um, but fuck, that's a. Me- and, you know, that is worth it. He's great. Yep. Oldest actor ever to be nominated. Good for him, man. Like, oh, yeah, because it was Peter O'Toole for Venus beforehand, I think. Yeah. Like, yep. fuck- right. You haven't seen Call Me by Your Name yet. Nope. I think Stilbarg or Hammer. Like, I feel bad for both of them. Like, I don't know what Army Hammer actually has to do. Um, go back and go back and delete films from his. What is it? Mm. And, and I'm not saying I agree with deleting those films, but that is what he would have to do. I feel really bad for Army Hammer because he's really, really fucking good in Call Me by Your Name. Um, you know, Call Me by Your Name was in my top twenty last year. I'm not in love with that film, but he was really, really good in that fucking film. Um, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to catching Call Me by Your Name. The thing is, Michael Stuhlbarg as well. He has a basically. Isn't it a one scene performance though? Yeah, I mean, he's in the film quite a bit. Like in my mind's eye, he's in it more than Mary J. Blige is in Mudbound. If I'm wrong, I'm happy to admit I'm wrong. If someone can prove that to me, but he has way more impact. That one fucking monologue that he has is fucking Niagara Falls. 
Well, I'm looking forward to catching that. I still think Sam Rockwell's going to win that, though. Sam Rockwell will win. I was very, very pleased to see Woody Harrelson in there. Yep. Uh, best adapted screenplay. We'll do these with the cinematographer. We'll do the screenplays with the cinematographer, and then we'll call it. We'll, cool. we'll move on to the commuter. Cool. Uh, have you got any trailers you're desperate to talk about? No, not, not in the Good. Uh, call by your name, James Ivory. Disaster artist, um, Scott Nudestada and Michael H. Weber. Uh, Logan, Scott Frank, James Mangold, and Michael Green. <laughs> Molly's Game, Aaron Sorkin, and Mudbound, Virgil Williams, and D. Reese. I mean, everybody have a good night. James Ivory will win. That's it. Like that is, I, I, I actually think that is the most nailed on, like, category of maybe of the night, apart from Coco for best animated. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I can agree with that. Um, best original screenplay: The Big Sick, Emily V. Gordon, and uh, Good Morning Journey. Uh, yeah. Get Out, Jordan Peele, Lady Bird, Greta Gerwig, Shape of Water, Guillermo del Toro, and Vanessa Taylor, and three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Martin McDonough. Mm. Three billboards will win it. It's a tasty one, that is, just because screenplay is the one where they usually give the kind of the, the daring film the Oscar. I still think Three Billboards Outside Every Missouri is going to win it because it's Mark. Because they've not nominated. If they'd nominated Martin McDonough for director as well, I think somebody else would have got that. But he's not nominated for director. So I think it's a little bit like when Tarantino didn't get nominated for director for. Um, uh, what was uh, it? Unchained? Uh, Django Unchained, but then did for writing. And didn't he win it for yeah, writing? Yeah, he won it, yeah. Yeah, I think it's that. I think Martin McDonough will, will win it. Uh, uh, right. I Cut. Really interesting free horse race, that. Gerwig, Peel, McDonough. And it's basically, do we go for the film that in any other year would be the favourite for a lot of things, i.e. free billboards, do we go for lady screenwriter? Or I, I think I think if they're gonna go lady screenwriter, I think they go the big sick. Nah, nah. I it, it, it's I I was very very pleased to see the big sick get nominated. That that is as far as it goes for me. I I can't make my mind up on that one. Like just because. I I think a lot of people will be thinking Get Out's not going to get those big any of the other ones. Let's give Peel this one. I do think it's going to be three billboards. I think Get Out will. I think Get Out will actually walk away with not a lot from the actual night, other than the nomination. No, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. If Peel doesn't win screenplay, Get Out's getting nothing. But mm. it, it it's. I don't know. I kind of feel it in my bones just because I think Ronan's got a real shot at actress. And I it's I think this is going to be a very very even Oscars. Yeah. I don't think there's going to be one film that's going to win 7 or 8. I think it's going to be one film. No, I, I, the only film that could win 7 or 8 is uh, Shape of Water. Yeah, I mean Shape of Water's I, I, got 13, hasn't it? Like what's yeah. the next most? Uh I think it's Phantom Thread like 6. God, I mean fuck. If Shape of Water got a visual effects nom, it would have been the most nominated film ever. Hmm? That's fucking uh, crazy. Best cinematography: Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Roger Deakins, Darkest mm-hmm. Hour, uh, Bruno Deron, uh, Dunker, Hoyt van Hoytum, uh, Woodbound, Rachel Morrison, and The Shape of Water, Daniel Esteem. I think Deakins is actually going to finally get his fucking Oscar. I think you're right there. I think it's between Deakins and uh, Hoyt van Hoytum. Yeah, I, 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 I think I think Deakins will get it. 
Yeah, yeah. It, it's how, it, how has Deacon's been nominated for films that haven't been nominated for Best Picture? It's quite strange. Yeah, no. I mean, he got fucking nominated for Skyfall, I think, as well, which was well yeah, and he got nominated. He got nominated for Prisoners um, as well. Yeah, no, quite. I mean, he's like he has done pretty much more than anyone for the mm. advancement of digital cinematography. Um, even though he does, I think he does still work in thirty five mil. He does, but bit, still but, work in thirty five mil. Yeah, but. Blade Runner 2049 it's interesting because like when that film came out that opening three days no or the week before the opening three days yeah I bet a lot of people would have put money down on that but getting a best picture nomination and it just like the wet the fucking wet fart that that film turned into when it opened was a hell of a thing yep like it just yeah comes out on iTunes on Sunday that does I am um, I think I'm going to spend my Sunday evening re-watching Blade Runner 2049 all six hours of it and I'm very interested to see how that goes I was kind of tempted to put that on my disappointments list Blade Runner 2049 shot on what Blade Runner 2049 shot on film nah fuck off was it it might have been actually. I imagine it being filmed on like super fucking high def um, digital. I'm intrigued now. But anyway, well, I'll, I'll let you check that while we while I yeah, tell, tell it, you uh, about. It. We're going to move on to uh, our feature review, which is the Commuter, uh, the Juan Seller Sarah film. Um, which stars Liam Neeson, Vera Farminger, Patrick Wilson, uh, Elizabeth McGovern, and blinking you'll miss him, Sam Neill. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Liam Neeson plays the titular commuter um, who is having a bad day. Uh, he gets to work uh, on after getting off the train, which he takes to and from work every day and finds out that he's been fired from the job that he's had for 10 years and his severance pay isn't actually a severance pay, it's just health insurance because he works for a health insurance company. Um, so he goes to the bar, has a few drinks uh, and runs into his uh, ex-partner because it turns out before he became an insurance salesman, he was a, uh, a cop and his partner was Patrick Wilson. He then gets back on the train to go back home because he still hasn't told his wife that he's um, been fired. Uh, and so he's going back on the train sort of to keep up the pretense that he's going to and from work. And he is confronted by Vera Farminger, who claims that she studies people for a living and asks him a question. The question being that there is somebody on the train who isn't supposed to be there. Um, this person is carrying a bag and all he has to do is identify that person and he'll get $25,000. And then once he's identified them and they've been confirmed as the person who's not supposed to be on the train, he'll get another $75,000 equaling $100,000. And then things happen. Ian, the commuter, what did you think? Uh, well, what I think is that it was shot on uh, digital uh, it, it was shot on an Ari Alexa, um, but the DI was 4K, so that fucker is going to look fucking amazing on uh, Apple TV. Oh, of course it was, yeah. Yeah, I've just Whoa. lost it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah 3.4K. Whoa. 
<laughs> would have been nice if it was actually shot in 4K instead of 3.4K, but I'll take 3.4K yeah, anyway. The commuter. Um, so the commuter is... The thing that struck me about it is that it's almost like a really straight-faced parody of Liam Neeson action films. Because unlike the Taken films, he's really shit at his job. And I quite enjoyed that. Um, he's given this assignment, and it's basically, oh, okay, I'm going to look at all the guys around, the people around here, and is it you? No. Okay. Is it you? No. Okay. Is it you? Oh, I'm going to have a fight. Ah, uh, fight, 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 fight. Oh, okay. It's you, isn't it? Yeah. I'm gonna put the GPS tracker on you. Okay. It wasn't you. Oh no. Okay. Was it you? No. Was it? It was you. Was it? Oh, it was definitely you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was you. Yeah. Fine. Fine. That was you. Ah, oh, fuck! It wasn't you. Alright, alright, alright. Everybody into the one carriage because it's hot. Is it you? No. Okay. Can I play some cards? Yeah, it was you, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Alright. Now I'm going to explain exactly what's going on and everyone's going to think it's a joke. Yeah, it was you, wasn't it? No? Okay. Who else is left in this carriage? Who else is left? Oh, you go with the earphones in. Was it you? Was it you? It was you. I am a master detective. <laughs> and then, oh, it turns out it was his best mate. That it was fucking which, shit which, up all along. It's, which, fuck. literally, when Patrick Wilson walks at the bar, you go, well, he's you. behind it then. <laughs> no, it's yeah. stunning. As soon as you see Patrick Wilson, it's like, right, yeah, you're the bad one, aren't you? Sam Neill comes over, they're insulting Sam Neill. Nah, he's alright. It's just fucking what? That's it. You you, you just, you you know straight away the minute that that Patrick Wilson walks at that bar, you go, well, you're working in cahoots with Vera, aren't you? It's amazing. Because of course you're working in cahoots with Vera. You always work in cahoots with Vera Farminger. That's true. That's true. (laughs) It literally is like, Joam Collette Sarah's gone, oh, Liam, we're going to make another movie together. (laughs) What? <laughs> I didn't even thought of that. Fuck, yep. you're right. It is. It's literally like it's gone. We're gonna make a movie together. We're gonna make another movie together. Um, oh shit! Do, do you know anyone who could play this guy? Oh, well, I work with Patrick Wilson on on the A team. Get him on board. Oh, Patrick. Uh, do you know anyone that could play the the woman that sits down? Well, I, I know very family everywhere. Oh, brilliant. Do you reckon she'd be doing that? Yeah, yeah. Fine, fine. Right. Uh, does anyone know Sam Neill? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and like the, I know Sam Neill. The key Grinch, just like, yeah, Brilliant. I worked with him on Hunt for the Wilder People, I'll call him up. <laughs> Literally, it's like that. Because you're looking good. why are all these people in this movie? Uh, just to say, oh, Ian's fuck. wonderful description of what happened in the film is literally what happens in the film. It's so weird. You watch it going, how is he still on this train? How has the how has oh, one of the yeah. conductors stopped it? There's a point where he goes up to he goes up to one of the conductors and goes ah, there's three people that were on this train and they came on together and now they're not together and they've all got bags. And that's weird. And the conductor goes, I don't think that's that weird. 
you should search their bags. I'm not allowed to do that. Hey, every every day for 10 years I've got this train. You know me. It's weird. Go search the bags. And he goes, all right, soon as, soon as it's you. It's like, no, you're not allowed to do it. I'm pretty sure you're going to lose your job. Well, let's let's not forget as well the incredible scenes where they stop the train because there's a violent man on board. <laughs> and then they, don't search the train. They, they, yeah, no. They not only don't search the train very well, but then he's back on board and the, the conductor's just like, I thought you'd go off. Yeah, I thought you'd go off. And I just like, like not, not any like, and, okay, well, the police searched for you. They couldn't find you. You're here. Ah, oh, well, never mind. It is. Yep. I. It, it is. It is like the most straight-faced parody of one of these Liam Neeson films from the last few years. Mm. It, it is. Doesn't, it doesn't surprise me that Liam Neeson has said after since this movie has said that he's gonna. He's that's it. He's done um, for the foreseeable future, possibly ever, with this type of action movie because it is almost like this was the moment where Liam Neeson sat there, watched it, and just went. I made silence last year. Yeah. Yeah, no, quite. I mean, the thing is, he obviously has a really good working uh, relationship with Wai Mei Colette Sarah. It's their fourth film together. Yeah. And, and that that's brilliant, you know, and I, I, I bet they really pap each other up. I, I can't, Let's see them do something a bit slower, you know, and maybe that's just not what Colette Sarah wants to do. But and the thing is, that one-shot-looking fight scene... Um, towards the end with the dude with the guitar case was pretty good. Mm. You know, it's nice and beaty and they use... And I mean, the whole film does really well with like a very limited location and just the amount of carriages. You know, it gives it a good sense of space. Um, It just... It's mental. I just... I Yeah. I... Yeah, I I just... It's... I was really entertained. Yeah, for no, like that, the whole the thing. thing, though. <laughs> it's. It, I think. I think the. I think everything post the train crash is a little bit like, oh, get on with it. You've crashed a train. Is mm-hmm. I, I, I think the train crash was a bit of a mistake. I think it should have ended on the train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't need to have the train crash. It added nothing. They should have helicoptered Patrick Wilson onto the moving train. Yeah, or done that. Or it crashes into the... Tra- you could have the train crash, but it just crashing into the station or whatever. And then it's at the station. Mm. And they all come on it from, from the station. It didn't need... The, the train crash, it didn't even look that good, to be honest. It looked a little... I thought it looked a little bit iffy, that the effects for the train crash... Oh, God, yeah. That one by where the, like, the carriage like, jumps up on, in the air? Fucking hell. Yeah. It's, it was starting to outstate its welcome a little bit. And it was a movie that, that you know, yeah, it, it's a bit crap. But I was actually quite... I, I was enjoying my time with it. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that, that's it. It just... It's the perfect one-watch film. You know, yeah, I, I I do think they were I I do think they were setting it up for a fucking sequel and then decided then then literally watched it and went yeah, yeah. we're not getting a sequel to this because yeah. it did feel a little bit like 
Sam Neill essentially is going, hey, we could do with guys like you back on the force to go and catch that bitch. Uh, and then he, he catches her. <laughs> well, that, that made me laugh as well. It was just like, what is the, the fucking genius detective work they're going to use to track her down? Oh, yeah, yeah, they've just probably spotted her on some CCTV. It was like, yeah, she gets the train every day. Oh, she's a commuter just like me then. You know, it's mm. it, it just fuck off. Really? I, uh... Yeah. Did, did she literally just commute to the fucking evil headquarters of the, this company she works for? I, I just never envisioned these people commuting to these shady underground companies. No, no, no. They've got to get there somehow. No, quite. I, I, it, yeah. It, I, <laughs> just, just thinking about this film makes me laugh. And they're not, in, not in a fucking take no, the piss out of it way. Just I had a really good time with that stupid fucking thing. Yeah, so did I. It, it, it's, do you know what? I think that literally you give a you you put a train moving and then just set a film on it. You're pretty much all right, unstoppable. The Tony Scott movie oh, it was that's good. A good flick. That is a you good know, flick. And this was it was it was fun. It was entertaining. It did. I think the commuter weirdly does everything it's kind of wanting to do. Yeah. It's just you're watching it going. Shouldn't a Liam Neeson, Patrick Wilson, Vera Farming a movie do more than this? Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you get those people together, it, it, you, you'd expect more than a, a rather binary numbers, if a little bit mental, but quietly mental thing uh, that, that, that you get here. But I don't know, I mean, like, just even the, I thought the beginning was interesting, like, it was just kind of like cycling through the days and all, it was almost like his character was willing something crazy to happen on his next train ride or something, and it was like, here we go. What do you think yep. about this then? You know, I, I, yeah, it just, yeah. I, I, the whole, I, I thought that the setup made him relatable and all kind of losing his job and the. But that's 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 the yeah, the weird thing is it's kind of like all the setup was really good, and then like you say, he just ends up being crap at being a detective because he just goes and just basically does everything that he's not supposed to do. And it just makes himself really obvious. Yeah. He's just he's shifty from the fucking start. Um it I yeah, I I mean it, the thing is also whoever wrote this and, and to be fair, Colette Sarah, they've never commuted a day in their fucking life. I commute every single fucking working day. I know if it's somebody from work I know, fair enough. There's somebody who gets the same train as me sometimes who um is the husband of a friend of donna's and is the father of lottie's future husband so that's fine aside from that don't know any of these fucking people's names yep. you know if liam neeson came in it was like you've known me for 10 years i'd be like fucking no i don't Even though that made me laugh as well the fucking guy where it's like the, the five minute scene of playing cards and basically calling out exactly what he was doing, which is yeah. my early scene of the year, by the way. Just like, <laughs> fuck it. I'm just going to say exactly what I'm doing and see if this yeah. guy gets nervous. And no, he doesn't get nervous. And why? Because he is a regular commuter. I don't know. It was just well done, Detective Neeson. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking he's shit. He's shit at his job the entire way through. And then at the end, he's made detective and he looks, he probably looks at Vera Farming on some CCTV, goes, oh, she gets on that train every day. I'm a go-getter. Yeah. Fuck, man. I, do you know what? 
I think I could have actually done what Liam Neeson did in this, apart from the punching. <laughs> so, where or the are you with it? the train. Where are you with it then? Us. I'm tempted to go there, you know. I, I, do you know what? I, I think I might have to go there. All right, let's do a fucking virtual jump and high five. Geostorm. Geostorm. <laughs> yep. Um, well, weirdly, our listeners, uh, the commuter, definitely not shit, 43%. Mm. Touching cloth, 0%. Yeah. Shit, 14%. Mm-hmm. And Geostorm, 43%. Yes. It is a bit of a Geostorm film. Uh, it just is. quickly going back to the Oscars thing, I did put out an opinion poll uh, of, oh, yes, do you, you give did. a fuck about the Oscars? Um, and weirdly, um, it was, yep, got 18%. Mm-hmm. Nope, got 36%. Mm-hmm. And fun but meaningless got 46%. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, counter to that, I was part of an opinion poll saying, do you give a fuck about the Razzies? Uh, yep, got 7%. <laughs> yes. Nope, got 33%. 43%. as Fun got 37%. And an insult to creativity got 13%. That fucking Razzies, man. It just... It's basically... They, the, the nominations are what is going to get us the most press. I know, yep. let's nominate Jennifer Lawrence. You know, I mean, there's, there's nothing else to it. Yeah, but it works. Yeah, yeah. And do you know what? Do you know what? If you're going to take a creative chance, like, uh, what is it? And you're going to make a film like Mother, right? If it doesn't absolutely fucking stick the landing, which Mother doesn't stick the fucking landing, because mm. if Mother stuck the fucking landing it would be nominated for every fucking category in the Oscars and nobody gave a shit about it. So it categorically doesn't fucking stick the landing, mm-hmm. right? And you leave yourself open to being poked fucking fun at. And the Razzies are there to poke fucking fun. And that that's it. Are they? Do they have any relevance? No. They're held in like a fucking school auditorium or some fucking bullshit. You know, it's... It literally is. The, the, the nominations for the Razzies are more important than the actual fucking Razzies. Yeah. You know, that's that's the fucking big thing. But the hypersensitivity of some people, I think, towards particularly the mother thing has been quite glorious to watch for somebody who didn't like mother. Because it is a little bit like people who have been going, oh, it's so, you know, it's so amazing and it, there's so much depth to it and it's so pertinent and there's so much feeling in it. It's a little bit like somebody stood sat there looking at them at a dinner party and going, it's bollocks though, isn't it? <laughs> and, and them going, oh, no, it is, it's this. And they're going, yeah, it's bollocks though, isn't it, really? And do you know what? Do you know what I love about that? That's me. I'm the person there going, it's bollocks though, isn't it? And I remember a few weeks ago where Norman had cracked a joke about me presenting the Razzies, and I thought, do you know what? That'd be perfect. I'd be more suited for presenting something like the fucking Razzies than an actual awards ceremony, because I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm the one person who watched All About Steve and went, it's all right, that, quite enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know I, I would literally be congratulating people who'd won them, going, congratulations, and then going, fuck off. Because I was being serious. 
<laughs> so yeah, so I I I I fucking I reveling in that fucking shit. It, what I will say is, for Jennifer Lawrence, right? If she's if she genuinely doesn't give a shit, which she probably doesn't, but I, I get the feeling she kind of does. I get the feeling she'll be kind of a little turn up, turn up at them. But if you're gonna fucking turn up, right? Do the same as you would do at the Oscars. Turn up with a fucking entourage, fucking decked out in a full fucking gown, and sit there. That'd be great. That'd be funny. Right? Because right. no, nothing will say fuck you and fuck you to the, to this. And when people come out with a lot of people work really hard on these movies, and a lot of people putting a lot of kind of their creative soul in movies like Mother and took a chance. Uh, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I don't hear you bleating the same shit about all the fucking people that worked on Transformers the last night. Which will be more people. <laughs> what is it? More people who were working on that for not fucking millions, for just literally jobbing people, mm. will have worked on the Transformers movie. Yet no one's fucking having a go about them nominating that and about Matt Wahlberg getting his fucking billionth nomination for it or anything like that. It just seems to be that fucking film because it's that fucking film. Mm. And it's, it, it, it's twinge people. It's made people go, no, no, I like that film. I like that film. So that shouldn't be nominated. What about last night? Well, I didn't like that. It's shit. It's a blockbuster nonsense with Matt Wahlberg. But I like that mother film. It's that. And it's just a great fuck you. That's why I love it. I just think people just need to not care. But yeah, that's it. They don't. They're, they're all fucking meanless at the end of the day. <laughs> so anyway, what have you been watching this week? Oh shit! Well, we've got uh, we've got quite a bit to actually cover, really, haven't we? Because um, I don't know, we haven't recorded like that. Actually, gone through kind of what we watched in a while. Um. So are you thinking about doing a bumper what we watch next week? Or? Well, actually, to be fair, looking at this lot, oh, because we did play it forward as well. No, I could probably, I could probably crack through. So basically, I could, I, I, I could quite easily focus on a couple and speed around the rest. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's do that then. Fuck it. So, um, basically, anything I don't mention, I want to mention. Well, fuck it. All right. So, Dunkirk. Obviously, talk like I don't know. We don't need to talk about Dunkirk. I kind of talked about why it was out of my top 10 yeah. anyway ghost story obviously talked about it last week um uh detroit talked about it in the disappointments bit um so okay alien covenant rewatch that and how was that i was all right i'm still okay with alien covenant okay i'm okay with alien covenant um there's I don't know there's a bunch of stupid shit in that fucking film like the 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 two people in the shower and mother not going there's a fucking alien right by you get out really really bothers me um and they don't explain that but I think Fassbender is really interesting I think Watson is very good and I think McBride is really good supporting it as well um I, I would really enjoy McBride in that. Yeah. Um, the fucking horror, like, the horror of the initial attacky bits where, you know, it's the, the two women in the in the ship with the guy that's having the alien coming out of him. And just the sheer what the fuck is going on 
holy fucking shit, I, like, I'm just out for myself-ness of that, I thought was actually really, really strong. Um, and I really like Jed Kurzel's score in the film as well, actually. It's really fucking malevolent throughout the whole thing. And yes, you've got like very like copious nods to Alien in the visuals and in the score, but I think I think Jed Kurzel's score actually kind of hold, holds up through it. But it's dumb. Um, it just it doesn't annoy me as much as Prometheus does. Yeah. Okay. So um, right, uh, good time. Uh, spoke about it real briefly last week. Did you see Good Time? I didn't get to it now. No, it's good, man. Um, like it, it's. I think it's a little bit overlong. There's kind of an overextended bit in the middle third, which is not great. But it's a really good one. Crazy night story. Um, the the bookends of the film are amazing. Um, Benny Safdie, who's one of the co-directors, he plays Robert Pattinson's brother in this, is incredible. He's not in it much. But he's amazing, and I know Noel agrees with that. Um, yeah, I saw Noel mention that. Yeah, like, he's really fucking good in it. It's on Netflix. It's really, really worth your time. It, it, it's it's a fucking strong film. Uh, cool. So yeah, good time. Uh, Coco, stunning film. Um, yeah, uh, really, really lovely world. Kind of beats its message quite bluntly. But the ending is an emotional fucking powerhouse. Do you remember the film from a couple of years ago, The Book of Life? The Book of Life. It's better than The Book of Life. How how similar in terms of story nah, is it? Not really. So it's not. It, it just it just happens to be set around Day it, of the it, Day of the Dead, and there's like dead folks about. Thank you, babe. Um, you know that that's really about it. It's not. It's not. It's not the Book of Life, and I like the Book of Life. Coco is better than the Book of Life. The story is completely different. It's a really, really nice piece of cinema, and uh, fuck, if people want to know some more about it, an email of mine was read out on the Kermode podcast, uh, the Kermode show last week. So, like, which was people fucking like messaged me saying about it, and it was just like, fuck, I haven't even got around to listening to that show yet, which I felt kind of <laughs> bad about. But yeah, it's um, it's re- really, really lovely film. Um, okay. Um, moving on to more Dude in a Monkey territory. I've actually only got three more that I really need to talk about. So, yeah. Um, right, Gunshy. So, I, uh, so I write for Vodzilla, and every now and then Ivan emails the folks who write for it with, like, a list of stuff that need covering. And it was just like, yeah, I'll just cover any of those films. It was like, okay, it's oh, yeah. Gunshy, this the Antonio, the Antonio Banderas, Banderas one, one, yeah. So not the Sandra Bullock Liam Neeson one. No, no, no. So no. So Ivan's like, yeah, here's a screener link. Here you go. So I I go into it knowing absolutely fucking nothing about this film. Like literally, I know the title and I know that it's like an hour and a half long. Just when I open up the screener thing, it's like, oh, brilliant, fine. So. Antonio Banderas is the ex-singer of an 80s uh, uh, a rock band um, who spends the opening of the film basically in his house getting pissed 
and um, being like moody with his wife, played by Olga Kurilenko. And she's like, let's go on holiday. All right, then, cool. They go to Chile. In Chile, he proceeds to get pissed. And a boy keeps on coming up to him and speaking in Spanish, who doesn't really understand Antonio Banderas, who, by the way, speaks in a Spanish accent but claims throughout the whole entire film that he's English. Um, <laughs> claims to not understand the boy, but every now and then just starts speaking Spanish at people. Um, and this boy, literally, it's just a sounding board. And then at the end of the scene, the boy will go, beer? And Antonio Banderas will go, good idea! And just start drinking. And then Kurilenko gets kidnapped. And then he teams up with his agent's assistant, his agent played by David Mitchell. So this film, the opening credits, is like Antonio Banderas, Olga Kurilenko, and David Mitchell. It's like, right, that's a combination. He's maybe in the film for a minute. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. Um, but his assistant and an Australian like mercenary who Mitchell hires as well to try and get his wife back. And it's basically <laughs> Banderas. Isn't this directed by Simon West? Yes, it is. The director of Con Air, The Expendables it's... 2 and The Mechanic. Yes. Yes, it is. Right. The key action scene in the film is Antonio Banderas rolling down a big street in, on, on a suitcase while riding a suitcase. The action at the end of the film, I shit you not, is Antonio Banderas pedalling a pedalo trying to chase someone. Have you seen... Um, there's two films this is reminding me of, right? One is the recent Antonio Banderas film, Security. Which is on Netflix, and I nearly started watching this morning, by the way. You should watch it. Yeah. You okay. should watch it because because of... Mainly because of Ben Kingsley. Uh, oh, is that Ben Kingsley's weird, weird minion that he's got. Right, okay. And Ben Kingsley... Uh, he's, he's, where Ben Kingsley delivers a speech. In the speech about six different accents within the same speech it is brilliant um and the other one is oh fucking hell um this is a film that nobody else in the world will have seen apart from me it's one of those weird fucking films that just doesn't seem to because this film just sounds like it, it it either isn't taking itself seriously or doesn't know that it should take itself serious shouldn't take itself seriously. Um uh, fucking hell, what's the film called? I can't remember, I'll have to try and remember what this film's called okay. uh, and then come back to it in a second. Okay, well yeah, I mean it, it, it it's not taking itself seriously in the slightest, it's not. Um it knows what it is. But it it genuinely feels like the producer just somehow found a tax loophole. It was just like, right, if I invest all this money, it, all this 20 grand in the, this film, then worst case scenario, I lose it all, but hey, at least it didn't go to the tax man. And best case scenario, if I make any profits of it, then I get them tax free or something like that. It feels, <laughs> this film is the feels like the cinematic equivalent of a tax dodge. <laughs> 
it, it is just like, right, who, what random fucking things can I get? Okay, Antonio Banderas, do you want to go to Chile, wear a wig, and pretend to be an English rocker? Yeah, sure, why not? Olga Kurilenko, do you want to go to Chile? And, and by the way, in what appears to be, frankly, the middle of off-season... Because there's no one around and it looks cloudy for the entire fucking film. It's bizarre. It's just, it's fucking, it's, it is like they were just like, they went on fucking easy jet holidays and just went, when is the cheapest I can get a hotel in Chile? And then it was like, phoned up the hotel and just said, look, if we give you an extra 200 quid, can we film here, please? <laughs> you know, it's fucking, it's ridiculous. Like, there is an outtake at the end of this film where some, like, there are sharks in water and it literally looks like cardboard painted grey. I mean, it's fucking, <laughs> it is. Oh, there is a bit as well where there's like, in the, in the outtakes again, where there's like a seagull or something and literally you can see the fucking string it's, I mean, it's, I'm not joking. It's a fucking, this film is embarrassing, but. I kind of want to see it now. Oh, dude, like, it'll be on Netflix in like a week. It's, the thing is, Antonio Banderas is giving it his fucking all. He is rinsing the shit out of this role. And he's really funny. And I quite enjoyed my time with it. Because I, I, of him. I, I will be watching it once it crops up somewhere. It will. It will come up on Netflix. It is not worth any money. It is not worth... I am fucking convinced that this film... You know, the producers don't want any money. It was just a dodge a tax bill. I'm fucking convinced of it. Like, no one makes this film expecting any fucking financial return whatsoever. <laughs> It just is. <laughs> is there a reason why it's called Gunshy? No, that's a well, no, no, because I don't think he even uses a gun. I don't, I don't know. No, it just, I fuck, I'm broken. Um, it's. Can I, can I just point out that, that, that this film has listed one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. 16 producers. It's a it's like a Ponzi scheme or something. I it does don't sound know. like a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> the film I was, I, I was thinking of, that it, that from your description, reminded me of, was the film Bending the Rules. Okay. Which starred Jennifer Esposito, Alicia Witt, Jamie Kennedy, and the uh, wrestler uh, who used to be called The Edge, Adam oh. Copeland. Oh, very good. Um, yeah. I mean, fuck, man. My letterbox review that I wrote a, like a week ago... Looks like it cost a couple grand to make and feels like it was edited by an alcoholic, but shit. Banderas playing an aging 80s rocker is almost worth the entry fee alone. It's based on a novel. Yeah, it is. Uh, salty or something, I think it was. Yep. Yeah. Fuck those. Fuck those. It's just, it's fucking. Jesus, fucking wept, this film. It's, it's something. Um, Wait a minute, that David Mitchell? Yeah, that David Mitchell. Wow. <laughs> of Mitchell and Webb. Yeah, like literally he's on screen for maybe a minute and he gets an and credit. It's great. Um oh, Wow. Okay, so just uh, just a couple more from me. Um I rewatched Sing because Lottie was watching it, I ended up watching the entire fucking thing, whatever. 
Um, I watched the Terminal for the first time. Oh yeah. In what I thought was going to be preparation for the post, um, I just because I've never seen it, I quite enjoyed it. It's. I, I remember enjoying the Terminal when I watched it. Yeah, it's like Stanley Tucci. It's long character- doing it. Yes, yeah, over two hours. Stanley Tucci's character is like weirdly hate spiteful. Like I, I didn't quite get his character. He just fucking seems to hate everyone. Um, so that was weird. Uh, but it's you know it's fairly low on threat. It's sweet. Um, I don't know. It kind of feels like a film that just wouldn't get made now. Like it just it's gentle. Not much really happens. Mm. Tom Hanks is good. Zeta Jones is all right. The supporting cast are fun. You know, like there you go. Job done. Really, I I had a good time with it. Fuck it. Um, yep. And final one from me. Uh, Berlin Syndrome. Uh, so, uh, directed by Kate Shortland. Uh, it's on Netflix UK now. Uh, so, this came out last year. Basically, story is, uh, Theresa Palmer, who we talked about last last week in Playing It Forward, um, is a uh, an Australian um, tourist who's uh, basically going around, and she's in Germany, uh, in Berlin, surprisingly. Uh, meets a guy, and um, they kind of hit it off a bit. Um... They, uh, they don't quite have a one night stand as such, but it's kind of like a, almost like a one day stand. Um, and then he wakes up and goes to work in the morning, and she is locked in, and it's just like shit. That's a bit weird. And he comes, he he comes home from work, and you know the doors open, and, and she's just like, you know, uh, yeah, the the door was locked, and she, he's like, oh. I, I left the key on the table and it's like, no, you didn't. And it's like, oh shit, it's in my pocket. Well, you can leave now if you want. She's like, no, no, it's fine. Um, and then they kind of go on like a date and then they sleep together again. And then they're in bed and like fucking chatting about life and shit. And then the day after he does it again. And then she realizes that shit is going weird and then he basically traps her in this place while he goes and lives his life. Um, so, and it's uh, like the title kind of suggests, it's basically, is she essentially going to kind of fall for her captor or is she going to break out of that shit? Is he going to get caught? All that kind of stuff. So it's quite an interesting premise. Um, really interesting setup. And it kind of does nothing with it. It So Kate Shortland, she's a director whose name I've heard of, but I don't think I've ever seen any of her stuff. And Berlin Syndrome doesn't really make me want to explore the catalogue. It's basically a genre film that kind of is a bit arthousey and doesn't really want to get into its genre stuff until it has to, but then spends a lot of waffly time on other things. So it's kind of annoying, in a way. But Teresa Palmer is really good. There's a sequence involving someone being stabbed in the hand, which is just fucking made me look away, just because it was like, fuck, I just they, they build it up really well, and it's really good sound in that moment. Yeah. But it's like an hour and 51 minutes long, and it, it's just a bit like, this should be a 90-minute... Get in, get out. Don't 
have fucking don't don't have pretensions to be something more than you are. Um, or if the premise and the kind of interesting way where it kind of traps her, but it's almost like he's like, well, you wanted to stay. You said you didn't want to leave. And then she's like, well, people say things in bed after sex. And he doesn't quite get that. And it's like, there's kind of an interesting thing there where it's this guy who kind of knows he's doing wrong, but at the same time is taking things at face value. But then by the end, it's, he's a psycho. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it just, it's, it's on net. I mean, fuck. As a Netflix watch, yeah, sure. I just, it would have been better if it was an hour and a half. I'll fucking say that. But Teresa Palmer is really good, and the guy, is, I yeah, I don't have his name in front of me, frankly. But he's he's good in it as well. He's quite intense. Um, but, Max uh, Reinhold. Yeah, there you go. That that's exactly it. Um, it's if you're into what it's. If you're into that premise, it's probably worth a watch. But, you know, after the first act, don't be surprised if you're engaged less as it goes on. Incidentally, her other films were Somersault and Law. I've seen Somersault. That film is a really, really good... I think it's Sam Worthington and Abby Cornish. Yeah, Sam Worthington and Abby Cornish, yeah. That is a good little film, is Somersault. Yeah, I enjoyed Somersault, yeah. Yeah, okay. I've seen Law as well, actually. Law was actually quite good, actually, as well. Okay, fair enough. Berlin Syndrome is way more genre than fucking Somersault is. Yeah, oh, absolutely. It sounds like Yeah, Yeah. Um, it's... I was disappointed. I kind of... I'd heard of the film and I saw it. I was scrolling through Netflix yesterday. It was like, shit, I want to watch that. And it, yeah, bit of a letdown. Teresa Palmer's a really interesting actress, though, because sometimes she can play the kind of the blonde bombshell, and sometimes mm. she can play the girl with shit on her mind. Yeah. Like, and she's doing the latter here, and she's she's a she's a bit of a chameleon, is Teresa Palmer, and I fucking respect that about her. It's... it's I, I like her as an actress, yeah. I think yeah, her, her performance... There's stuff going on there. Yeah, yeah. Her performance kind of makes this film. Yeah. She, she, she's a little bit... To me, she's a little bit... Um, she's a little bit what more people think Mackenzie Davis is. It's a good shout, that. You know, because I just... Don't know, I don't dislike Mackenzie Davis. I just don't think she's quite done enough to earn the reputation that she's got. Uh, she did the Black Mirror episode that everybody fucking creams over, so, you know. Yeah, which was just... Uh, the Black Mirror is one of those things where... I get it. Everyone loves it, kind of, and everything like that. But I've watched a few of them, and I just don't give a shit. And it's not in a, I think it's shit or anything like that. I just, none of the, what I've watched has made me go, ooh, I'm looking forward to watching that. I've just, like, I've watched the first one of the new series, and I'm very much like, do you know what? John Hillcourt directs one of these episodes, and even I can't even be asked to watch that. Yeah, I haven't watched a single one of the new Black Mirrors yet. I watched all the last season. I don't know. It just it it's. It, 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 I think it feels like a little bit like a thing that's kind of blown itself out. A it it bit. kind of it kind of does. It kind of does. It's it. Do, yeah, I mean the buzz seemed to disappear on that very mm. quickly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, 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 it's no one's talked about it like a week after it came out. No, quite. It, 
yeah, I, I, I don't know whether I'll ever get around to it, to be honest. The, 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 I, just the fact that they're, they're making feature-length ones really puts me off. If it, like, exactly. That, that, that was my thing that I was saying to Bex, is, is shit, I get off the pot. Either make it into a movie, or they should be 45 minutes long. Yeah, I mean, like, because they only did one with the last season, Hated in the Nation. And I, I, I really like that one, actually. It was the one with the, um, the kind of the drone bee things and the people kind of, like, basically picking people to, to kill using a hashtag. Oh, yeah. Did you see that? I think I, I, think I watched about half of it. It was um, fucking the end. Didn't turn it off because I wasn't enjoying it. I just I turned it off because I, I think I was tired uh, and I just never got back on watching it again. The ending of that one, man. Fucking hell. But, like, yeah, it's... I, I just fuck man it's two of them are like an hour and 20 minutes long it's just like oh please don't do that to me i could watch a film yep anyway uh i'm done yeah cool uh i'll i'll fly through some of mine then um a few rewatches uh rewatch final destination 2 for no nice. reason rewatch final destination 2 oh fuck man i tell you what every time donna and i drive past the fucking lorry with shit in the back of it donna's just like Final Destination 2, Final Destination 2. It's yeah. fucking that shit left a mark. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, the great thing about Final Destination 2 is you're watching it and you're going, and, and, and it's, it's fun doing something like that. But if you, if it's one of those things where if you do more than watch it, and I mean, if at any point you try to think about it or engage your brain at all, then you go, this doesn't make sense. At all. <laughs> Not a single bit of it makes sense. So you're best off just letting it wash all over you. And there's some good death scenes in that. It was directed by the wonderful David R. Ellis, wasn't it? It good is indeed directed piece. by David R. Ellis. Yeah. 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 That was that was a shame. Yeah. Didn't he, he, directed... he did pass away, didn't he? He did, yes. Yeah, yeah he, he did but... uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah. He also directed Snakes on a Plane. Mm-hmm. I and like Cellular. Cellular. He did do Cellular, yeah. Fucking cellular with Jason Statham. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, what else have I watched? Have we watched Weird Science because Becky wanted to watch Weird Science. Okay. Um, yeah, Becky actually just said to me the day that she would fancy rewatching Weird Science, so we rewatched Weird Science. Uh, also, rewatched They Live. Oh, nice. Yeah, They Live's a weird one because I love John Carpenter, um, but I don't. And I, I the thing is. I love the John Carpenter that I love. So I watch Escape from New York quite a lot. Uh, I watch Big Trouble in China quite a lot. Halloween, obviously, quite a lot. And I also watch uh, Escape from LA probably more than any person should. Um, but They Live is one of those that I've seen. I've seen it a couple of times, but I don't rewatch that much. And then the minute I start rewatching it, I go, yeah, this is this, this is such a quintessential Carpenter movie. Why don't I watch it more often? I fuck it. Yeah, they live, man. That that flick is great fun. I mean, the yeah. the, the fucking fight, the uh, oh, just the bit at the end. What's wrong, baby? Yeah, it, it just <laughs> it's fucking. Oh. It, it's it's just such a fucking good time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, what else do I rewatch? Uh, being John Malkovich. Good stuff. Um, I always enjoy being John Malkovich more than I remember enjoying being John Malkovich whenever I watch it. But I still doesn't quite click with me. I enjoy it. I like it. I just, 
I can't put my finger on it. I can never put my finger on it, but there's just something that isn't quite there for me with being John Malkovich. It's a really weird one. But I think this, I think this time was the time I enjoyed it the most. Um, what else have we got? Um, Rewatch Valerian. Oh, how'd that go? Because uh, I, 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 we both really enjoyed Valerian, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I probably preferred it on a second watch. Oh, sweet, really? It went up a little oh, bit, cool. yeah. It, it does. I, I worried and thought, ooh, it is two and a bit hours long, and I enjoyed it, but did I just enjoy it because it was new, it was different, and I was in a cinema, and I was in the mood for it, and I expected very little of it, and then, you know, that. But no, it, it, it's, it ticks along at a fucking hell of a pace. Um the action, the world building is fantastic. Yes, I still think you can argue that Dane DeHaan is mildly miscast, but he's still actually very good in it. And I haven't read the graphic novels, so I don't know if he's miscast. Maybe the miscasting is just a perception because you're looking at going, well, he shouldn't be in that role, but the actual graphic novel and the character is like that. And he is a bit of a uh, anomaly within that sphere. Um, Ethan Hart's Space Pimp is still fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a bloody good time. I do think that in the future, Valerian will be one of those films where people go, huh, pretty fucking good actually this, isn't it? And we, we could be there, the people there sat there going, ha, fucking told you. But it has crippled the studio. Yeah, I mean, if, yeah, well, that's, yeah, it's made a lot of people unemployed as well, you know, but... Yeah. It's just, I don't know, if that thing was in fucking 4K, I'd have already rewatched it. Lionsgate yep. needs to get on that shit. US iTunes, they have 4K, they don't over here. Fucking sort that out. You're kidding me. So US iTunes, Valerian's on 4K, but it's not over here? Mm-hmm. That is fucking stupid. Because mm-hmm. that film would look great in 4K. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah UHD Blu-ray, you can get it, but not, not on iTunes. That's fucking stupid. But yeah, it, it, it really does hold up. It's still a really entertaining watch. Nice. Um couple more rewatched in a new one uh we watched donnie darko i rewatched um, that a couple years back that 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 holds up quite well i think it really fucking does actually mm. doesn't it yeah it's mm. a lot more it's a lot more there's a lot there's a lot less going on in it than i remember if that makes sense well yeah because i mean like apart from the the scenes with frank and whatnot it's quite a straight Teen yeah. comedy drama. Yeah, that's it. Um, J. John Hall's fantastic mm-hmm. in it. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's it is just a little bit. If you take away the bits with Frank, uh, it is essentially just like a small town coming of age film. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's 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 really interesting. I got it on the. Um, I trialed the Arrow Video channel on Amazon. Shit, that's on that, is it? Fuck, I need yeah. to do that. 4.99, uh, it trials a week, mm. um, but I've kept it for the first month because there's a lot of shit on there. That's, uh, it's, oh, fuck, man. It's going the way of that, isn't it? Just like subscribing. Add-ons, said, yeah. Yeah, just yeah, because I've got the BFI player on. Um, oh, is that any good? Yeah, it's, it's fucking, I'll tell you what, for my um, Ian Gets Educated, it's fucking godsend. Um, is there much Kurosawa on there? Yeah, there's a fair chunk. Oh, might have to do it. Might have to look at that as well then. Oh, right. Um, 
Here's an interesting one. <laughs> right. I watched a film called Shelter, also known as Six Souls, uh, last night that stars Julianne Moore and Jonathan Rhys Myers. Fucking yeah, man. I, Have you seen this? Yeah, like years ago. Yeah, well, I didn't see it. And then I, 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 I looked at it, it came up and I cropped up and I thought, I, I don't think I've ever heard of that. Um, but it was in like the first in one of the random Netflix fucking like um, movies with a ginger-haired female lead and an alcoholic um, supporting character. Shit, yeah. Like, it's, I, I, oh, fuck, she did that other one as well. Un- Forgotten. Sorry? Forgotten? No, yes, no, no, no. Un- There's another no, one. No, no, it wasn't her. It's Diane Lane. Untraceable? Oh, yes, Untraceable. I've seen I that swear she had an alcoholic side kicking that as well. Yeah. Not ginger, um, but yeah. But yeah, so, uh, Shelter, um... So I thought, do you know what? That sounds like it's it's a little bit up my street. So I'll give you, yeah, I'll give the audience a brief kind of kind of pull down into what that's about. Um, Julianne Moore plays a um, psychologist um, who essentially believes that schizophrenia doesn't exist and believes that it's just a it's a disorder that has been created by media narratives, mm. um, and therefore she goes around debunking um, these um, multiple personality cases. However, her father, uh, played by Jeffrey Dumont, is actually a uh, psychiatrist who does believe in it and keeps on bringing her these cases to kind of um, get her believing um, back in them. Uh, And he brings her the case of a character called um, David, played by Jonathan Rhys Myers, who is quite a meekly spoken um, paraplegic, and she's talking to him, going through the usual sort of bits of asking sort of standardised questions, etc. Um, and then she comes out and says to her father, "You know, well, what's going on? This guy seems really normal. There's got to be something here." Justin uh, then phones him in the uh, treatment room that he's in, the inter- interrogation room, I suppose it, it is. Uh, then there's a phone planted in there. The character answers the phone, and uh, her father says. I need to speak to uh, Adam. Is he there? We then see off-screen stuff happens and you hear noises and then we find out later on that he essentially contorts himself in these weird positions. And then Adam is there. And then Julianne Moore starts talking to Adam and we're starting to think, oh, these are multiple personalities. Then more start turning up. But the weird thing is these personalities actually that he's got are actually people who are now dead and they're real people who've existed and it continues through that uh i won't add too much on this because it is on netflix and although it is a film that is i think like seven or eight years old um it might be a film that people haven't heard of and i do think people should watch it because it's actually really quite an interesting little fucking genre pick to be honest i actually really quite enjoyed it i need to see when this came out because i swear 2010 yeah i think this was but maybe the think... first film I saw in Cardiff when we moved. And I don't know, it just, it's... Because I remember coming to Cardiff and feeling a little bit like, fuck, I'm in a new city, I don't really know anyone, shit, what the fuck am I going to do? What's on at the cinema? And I swear it was, oh, well, okay, I'll go and see this then. And it just, like, I don't know... It was like, shit, I'm in the cinema for a couple of hours. Everything's going to be all right. You know, like, yeah. Mm. 
there's there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff. I mean, the thing is, I think it is it's written. I think it's written by the same guy who wrote Identity, which is also yeah, about local is. personalities. Yeah, is it, so it, it is written by Michael him. I thought Cooney. it was. Yeah, uh, Cooney. I thought I wrote his name. But it, it, it's Jonathan Rhys Meyers is is actually really quite good in it. Um, he he does a good line in essentially taking on these these characters because we've seen some of the characters within it before and he, he does essentially impressions of them. He takes them that quite well. Julianne Moore does the um, confidence to shake and very, very well. It's kind of her shtick thing that she does. Um, and I don't mean that in a negative way. Julianne Moore's a fantastic actress. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's on Netflix in the UK at the moment. I don't know if it's on Netflix in the US, but it probably fucking is. Why not? Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's actually really quite interesting. Uh, in the US, it's actually called Six Souls, not Shelter. Mm. Um, yeah, and the only one I've got is uh, I rewatched When Harry Met Sally. Um, I usually watch this once a year, and I usually try and watch it around New Year, but I was a bit late to it this year. Um, and what I'll say about When Harry Met Sally is the, the more I watch it, the more it creeps up my uh, all-time favourite film list in the sense that I think if I watched it every three months, I think in like a year and a half, it'd be my favourite film of all time. Nice. Yeah, I, I, I properly adore When Harry Met Sally. I think it is just just such a such a wonderful film and probably a, a film that gives me uh, the most fucking um, false representation of what it must actually be like to live in New York. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. Every time I look at it, I go, fucking I want to go to New York at Christmas. Fucking I want to go to New York at New Year. It's probably, it's probably nothing like you know, Sally. Nice. Or the fact that the film is set nearly 30 years ago. No, over 30 years ago. No, huh? no, nearly 30 years ago. Very good. So yeah, it's that, that's that's it for me. Um, should we do our top five geostorms? Do it. Let's go. Right, I'm gonna let you start. Okay. Five, uh, so. Nah, there we are. Uh, am I just running down my top five, or do you want to do? Go it on, yeah. We'll know your top five. Okay. So my number five is uh, the Farrelly Brothers Free Stooges. That's an interesting one. That flick is all right. Have you ever seen it? <laughs> no. It's fucking funny. I'll, I, do you know what? I'm gonna know. Yeah, do it. It's it's fun. Sorry. No, I, 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 you will never hear me. What is it? Criticize anyone for enjoying a film? No, that's true. Actually, um, my number four is the Adam Sandler Andy Sandberg classic. That's my boy. <laughs> I'm actually quite enjoying that. There's a really weird bit where Milo and Big Lamenta wrestles him. And for some reason, doesn't he spit down his pants? There's a weird thing about pants, because there's a bit where, like, I think it's like a stripper or something, just, like, like pours orange juice down her pants or, or something like that as well, I seem yeah, to remember. And also, it's a film where it's opening to it is, and the comedic bit about it is... A teacher commits statutory rape. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah, quite. I mean, it's um, I mean, it's fucking, it, it's fucking juvenile. But I actually, yeah, I quite enjoyed that's my boy. Um, my number three is the musical Rock of Ages. Um, just because literally, I remember fuck all about that film, except 
Tom Cruise literally singing the line, I want to know what love is, I want you to show me to Malin Ackerman's ass." <laughs> like that, I, I quite enjoyed Rock of Ages, but it's fucking awful. Like that was that was really in the what exactly are you doing, Tom Cruise? Period of his career. Um, uh, my number two is a film we actually discussed on Playing It Forward, Pompeii. Oh yes, the mighty Pompeii. I've seen it a couple of times. I enjoy it every time, but. It's I, I I would recommend seeing it if you like shit. My number one. Yep. Abraham yep. fucking Lincoln. <laughs> Timur Bekmambetov's WTF to peace. Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. The scene where I believe it is actually Abraham Lincoln throws a horse at someone. <laughs> not seen that <laughs> Abraham, Abraham fucking Lincoln I, just, I, I might try and watch that this week wonderful. Go. right don't we go through mine <laughs> please do number five uh, my, a list of my um, top five Geostar movies uh, couldn't not include a Sylvester Stallone film and it also couldn't not include a Kurt Russell film and they are together here in Tango and Cash. Oh, oh, that's not a geo. Well, all right, fine. Can I can I point out that Jack Palance, literally, his character literally has an entire like desk <laughs> made that is a rat's maze to make a point. <laughs> <laughs> he also has a lair. Which bad guys don't have properly anymore. He has a proper lair. It also has Kurt Russell in drag. Uh, Yes. I love that film. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Number four. Hard Rain. Okay, very good. The Christian Slater, Morgan Freeman, Randy Quaid and Mini Driver film. That's a fucking cast. I fucking love Hard Rain. I love any film with rain in it. No, that's true. <laughs> Number three, Clerks 2. Okay. Because I remember going to see Clerks 2, and it was a fairly packed cinema in uh, in the city screen, which and it was an art house, more of an art house cinema, that because when it's Pitch House was owned by Pitch House, it wasn't owned by Cineworld, and they literally did just show more indie and, and art house films and Clerks 2 was in there because Kevin Smith was still a very much a hip indie director at that point mm. and been the only person who laughed throughout the entire thing and I laughed heartily nice <laughs> yeah good, I fucking love Clerks 2 it's a good list yeah number 2 again a so bad it's good list of mine couldn't not include a wonderman from paulie shaw i was i was i was between two it was either between this and son-in-law but gotta be biodome directed by jason bloom but not that one (laughs) (laughs) very good starring a baldwin but not a good one and paulie shaw and it's also got rose mcgowan 
and Kylie Minogue in it. Jack Black and Carl Glass are in it. Oh, dearie As me. Tenacious D. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Uh, and number one. Number one. <laughs> number fucking one. Go. Right? A film that contains Patrick Swayze being a pacifist bouncer that rips people's fucking throats out. Okay, fair enough. Roadhouse. The, I don't think any list can not include Roadhouse. It's, it is... I, I would love to say that Roadhouse isn't crap, but it kind of is. But it's also brilliant. I love the wonderful fact is that um, that uh, Bill Murray, apparently, uh, whenever he catches Roadhouse on uh, TV, will ring up Mitch Glazer, because he's friends with Mitch Glazer, to tell him that Kelly Lynch's boobs are on, TV, are on his TV at that point. <laughs> so apparently, apparently Bill Murray does that rings up Mitch Glazer and says I just bring you to say that I'm currently looking at your wife's boobs <laughs> oh dearie me yep so that's our top five geostorms <laughs> I literally could have had about 100 in that to be honest no, that's fair I, I, I hope that was worth the wait Yep, I, I really hope it was. I, I'm done to do an entire fucking series on Geostar movies. <laughs> fucking hell. Yeah, um, so Ian, what are we covering next week? Uh, so yeah, we're going to do the post next week. Um, yep. You know, it's um, there, there's, there's, a, there's a few things. We've got uh, out in the cinemas. I mean, there's, there's Early Man, um, 12 Strong, um, something else as well, but it escapes me. But it, it kind of feels like... I'll talk about Early Man. I'm going to take lots to see it anyway, but it doesn't really quite feel like Dude and a Monkey main review kind of stuff. So we'll we'll do the post, and you know we'll probably talk about some more like Oscar-y kind of stuff if we if we can get to anything, I suppose. But we'll, you know, yeah. we'll see how it goes. But what the fuck else is out there? So, oh, downsizing. Yeah. I'd yeah, mu- yeah. Yeah. I mean, fuck, man. I'd much rather talk about the post than I would downsizing. Yeah, so I, although I, I think Bex is, is strangely curious about downsizing. <laughs> Anytime the trailer comes on, she goes, that looks shit. I really want to watch it because I want to know what it's about. It's just it's 135 fucking minutes long. Oh, I, I, I think she's very much... She, I, she very much I will be happy to wait until it comes out mm. it was one of those she said if you're going to do it on the podcast I'll come with you if you're not I'm quite happy to wait fucking hell the new Maze Runner is 142 minutes that doesn't surprise me Jesus Christ yep I mean, that yeah that it, I know and we know the reasons why that was delayed but it does feel like a movie that should have been out two years yeah, ago re- yeah I mean to be fair that thing was delayed by a year for really good reason. But yeah. fuck, I bet that year has not helped it. No. However, the second trailer for it looks makes it look like a pretty fucking good film, actually. Yeah, I, I like The Maze Runner. And, you know, I like the first one. The second one was a bit... Nah. I never got around to the second one, you see. So. The, the first one's really good. The second one is all right. It's not... It's not that makes me look at the third one and go, oh, I'm not going to bother there. It, it, it's not the penultimate... Um, Hunger Games, bad. Okay, fair. Oh, God, yeah, never. I can watch Walking Jay Part Two. Jesus. 
Anyway, um, I, I didn't. Um, I, after Isabel, who really liked the first couple, uh, said it's a piece of shit. Don't watch it. To me, yeah, that's <laughs> really weird, man. All these YA things just fucking sh- kind of just, just peter out. To, yeah, disappear. It's weird. Fair play to Maze Runner for actually fucking managing to actually stick, like actually get to the last one, though. Yeah, even yeah, if no one actually cares anymore. Yeah, because some of them just fucking don't, don't they? Mm. Divergent. <laughs> Oh, Jesus, yeah. God, yeah, they did part one and then they never fucking did the second one. God, that's so... Like, God, the fans are, the fans are those books. God, yep. I feel sorry for them, including yep. my wife. Um, so, yeah, um, like films, so. anything else to add to this week's show, Ian? Have I missed anything? No, man, I think that was a, nope. pretty, that was a pretty dense show. Cool. Uh, right, uh, well... Thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, at Dude the Monkey, at Ian Laurie, at Dude Foz, at Dude the Monkey.com. Um, yeah, so we'll speak to you next week. Bye. Bye.